remembers this song, Unwritten, by Natasha Bedingfield. The truth is, too much of your story is still unwritten. Let's do something about that today. This is Stacy Julian with episode 131 of Exactly Enough Time. This podcast is about being present. It is also about playful creativity and other things like curiosity and connection. I am Stacy Julian, life enthusiast and storyteller. I love to interview interesting people with expertise and solutions. Together we talk about what they do and why they do it. Listen up. I think you'll find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. I am so excited for today. I am going to introduce you to and interview my friend Julia Ditto, who is a writer. And you are going to walk away feeling more inspired and empowered um, about your own personal stories. Julia Ditto is a mother, writer, and a leisure fanatic living the life she always wanted but never really expected to have. Instead of dying in a fiery crash or being eaten alive by rabid cougars while on her morning walk, as she always feared, she is instead the happy wife of Logan and the mother of six often delightful children. For the past three years, Julia has written a weekly column called The Full Suburban for her local newspaper, The Spokesman Review. In it, She documents the funny and sometimes poignant goings-on of her busy family and their fake farm. Julia has a bachelor's degree in journalism from Brigham Young University and has worked as a freelance journalist for the past 20 years. Okay, so the Spokesman Review is our primary newspaper here in Spokane, Washington, where I live. I learned about Julia and her column probably a year and a half-ish ago, and I am now a regular reader of her column, and every time I read it, I think to myself, I wish I could write like that. I am either laughing out loud or I am tearing up. I am, uh, I can picture with so much imagery because of the detail um, that Julia writes with. I can picture her life and I can draw, um, I can relate to it. Um, And I just think that's magical. And so I wanted to bring her on the podcast and ask her some questions and see what I can learn about writing better. Here we go. Julia, I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you for... Julia is in my little home upstairs office, 
so cute. I sort love of, it. Sort of. <laughs> recording studio. We're so glad that the man lawn mowing the, the yard, the park behind my house, stopped lawn mowing. Otherwise, <laughs> we would have been in my clothes closet together, mm-hmm. which is a little bit weird. Okay. So, anyway, <clears throat> I just appreciate you being here. So, I'm just going to jump right in. When did you know you wanted to become a writer? Well, I, ever since I was little, I would enter, you know, like the reflections contest at the elementary school where they, you know, write a story, submit it. I always would do that. And even when my little boys bring home the, the forms for that now, my heart races a little bit. Because I remember I, I was always just so excited by that idea of writing something. And really? so, yeah. And then my parents always subscribed to the newspaper, the one that I write for now. And so I grew up just reading that and loving print journalism and just loving you know i read i just always love the written word so i think i've always been i mean i think it's a gift right i think it's perhaps a god-given gift and you've you recognized it at a young age and then you've just developed it i mean i just think that's amazing and i just love meeting people who've you know who knew as a young person yeah this was something that really kind of excited you yeah and my parents always told me i was good at it you know so like probably built me up a little more than i should have but so i was like well this is my thing i'm a writer you know so but it really is kind of how i process everything is through writing that's so cool that's what parents are supposed to do (laughs) um so is there anything beyond and i'm assuming you went to college Mm -hmm. and you got some training and a degree you can tell me a little bit about that but beyond that because we're talking to people who most of them probably don't have you know a writing degree i'd love to know um, how did you build on this interest in writing and what what else have you done to prepare yourself to write more um i think just being a curious person mm. people tell me often <laughs> i'll be talking to someone and they'll say at the end they're like wow i'm sorry i unloaded that on you i didn't mean to tell you all that you know but i'm just interested i i genuinely want to hear it and i'm interested and and i'm very curious about stuff and and storytelling just thrills me and mm-hmm. and hearing stories so i think being curious um is really helpful and then also just kind of keeping a journal i um. i'm not like a consistent journal writer you know like every single day but throughout my life i have kept different journals and i think that helps you just be you notice things and you notice that things that happen in your life, they matter. They, they come back and they matter, you yeah. know? So, I don't know. I think that's just maybe being curious, noticing things and... And then writing them down. Writing them down. We're yeah. Them. Even if they seem dumb, you that's, know? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so you do write for our local paper um, in our in Spokane. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make it sound like it's the local local paper. It's the big. This is the big newspaper in Spokane. Know, yeah. It's yeah. called the Spokesman Review. So just real quick, how did you get a job at the Spokesman Review? <laughs> well, I was just kind of annoying. I, I like I said, I read it. We subscribe to it, and I noticed um, several years ago they had this lady writing, and she was really boring, and oh. she wasn't even local, but it was kind of like a a column about you know mo- motherhood and stuff. And I'm like, I could write that, you know. Um, and so I started emailing the editor. I just got her, her name off the, you know, the paper and, and I emailed her every so often, just like, Hey, I'm a local writer. I think I would do a really funny job. You know, you need this in your paper. Never, never response. She never responded ever. Um, so I would do that. You know, I would like forget about it. And then six months later, Oh yeah, this lady's boring. I need to write, you know, I need to replace her. (laughs) And so I'd write again. And I did that for, I don't know, maybe a couple years. And finally... I don't know what got into me, um, but one day I just had an idea. It was Halloween, and I had an idea for something funny. And I wrote down 
you know, just this very rough, quick draft of whatever it was. And I sent that to the editor and I sent her kind of a funny email, like, you know, I, you know, it's so fun that you never respond to me, but here I am again. And, and I said, I've decided I'm going to send you a draft of a funny article every week until at least you respond to me. And I don't know where I got that um, chutzpah, whatever the word is, but yeah. she responded to that one. And she's like, um, she's like, I actually do like this, so let's give you a shot. And I just about thought that was the best thing in the whole world. You know, I was so happy. Yeah. So, so they decided to start me out once a month and just kind of see how it went, and then eventually just got bumped up to once a week. Okay, I'm so glad I asked that question. <laughs> I know there is just so persistence. much. There is so much to unpack there, right? In terms of no, like knowing that you're good at something and then not giving up. Persistence. Yeah. And, and I've been like, because years ago I was editor of a magazine. I've been on that other side where it's really easy to like, oh, totally email her back mm-hmm. and then not do it. And so for you to not try and interpret that as some kind of rejection, I mean, I'm yeah. sure you had to do some yeah thought work around that or whatever, but you kept doing it. Yeah. Well, and the truth is, what did Good I have you. to lose? True. Absolutely nothing besides yeah. my pride of emailing this lady and her never responding. Right. But besides that, nothing to lose. So why not try it? You know, why not go for it? That's a really Okay. So, um, I want to know, do you get to choose? I'm assuming you choose the topic every week. Yeah. Say. They've never given me any, <laughs> I wish they'd give me more <laughs> feedback. There's really no feedback. I just, whatever I want to write about, you know, yeah. they're very, very, you know, and I'm not very controversial or anything. So. Right. No, it's just, yeah, it's fun life I stuff. Pick that's what I want. That's yeah. what I, I'm just so drawn to it, which I already said, but oh my goodness. <laughs> So now I'm, I'm just transitioning because, because who listens to me and who I am is just someone who aspires to write in a lighthearted, humorous way about my family, mm-hmm. just to leave kind of a, a record that's, that's interesting, right? That's mm-hmm. fun. So I want to know how has writing about your life and your family even weekly, like has that changed the way you've talked about being curious, but mm-hmm. has that changed the way you pay attention? It does. You know, I was thinking about this because... You know, sometimes something will happen and it's not really funny in the moment. Yeah. And But now I look at those situations and I think, at least this will be a good story later. You know, like I hate that, like uh, our cows escape. We have four cows. They escape all the time. <laughs> you know, and I thought that this last time I was like, I know in nine hours I will be in bed and this will be over. <laughs> but I, I hate it right now. But at least I know this is going to be a funny story. You know, and I can yeah. probably write about it. So I've, lo- I've started looking at things more like, well you know, this will be a memory, you know? Awesome, yeah. And so it's kind of helped in that regard to maybe not take things so seriously. Yeah, it totally helps you, yeah, shift your perspective in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let yourself be, like, frustrated and whatever. Yeah. Whatever emotion it is, but then just know down the road, this is going to be good. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) This will be something. Um, I get get questions often about how do you write about other people? Because obviously when we write stories, it's, it's our story, but what have you learned about writing about other people? Um, maybe people that have frustrated you or mm-hmm. that have, um, you know, that you don't necessarily feel positive about. And then also people that you love and care about. Like, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah. Um, well, I learned kind of early on that I have to be really careful. You know, I write about my family a lot. And some of, some of it rolls off their backs and others of my kids are more sensitive. And, and I had one son in particular, my, one of my younger sons, you know, he happened to read what I'd written one day, a story about him, and he was really embarrassed. And I had thought it was nothing, you know, yeah. to mm-hmm. me, it's nothing. It's just a little story about school or something, but he was embarrassed. And, and so I promised him that I will not write about you unless I 
pass it by you first, you know? Oh, and I've yeah. mostly kept that. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't always read it, so I'm like, I know this story isn't a big deal. I'm just going to write. But, you know, I have learned I need to be sensitive. And I, you know, there's some stories I, I don't tell just because I know, like, oh, that might hurt someone's feelings or, you know, yeah. they, they might not, like, everyone knowing about whatever it is, you know, whether it's a big deal or not. Right. So I do try to be kind of careful of them. Yeah, yeah, be respectful. Well, and, and, and this isn't, I didn't plan to ask you this necessarily, but I took a class once where it was about writing sort of family history stories. Mm-hmm. And even even if someone has passed on, to mm-hmm. try to write about them in a way that that it wouldn't be, it wouldn't embarrass them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Trying to be truthful, but also kind sort of kind-hearted yeah. and generous. Yeah. We're, you're human. You, yeah. You're doing the best you could type of a thing anyway. Yeah. When I was in anyway. um, getting my journalism degree, there's one quote that I always remember. And it it was some like president of the Society of Professional Journalists. I don't remember. But he said, being a journalist does not give you license to be a jerk. You know? And so oh. just because you're seeking the quote unquote truth or trying to tell the story doesn't mean you can be a jerk. That's not license for that. Yeah. And so you have to kind of. Oh, that's good. Thank be, you. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is the scrapbooker in me. I'm just curious because when I read your column, you include so you include so many fun, like literally details that just make me laugh. And I'm like, how do you remember that? Do you ever <laughs> reference photos or like what do you, do you keep notes on your phone? What? Yeah, I I do take a lot of pictures now because okay. I've learned the editor likes to include a picture, and if I don't send one, he'll pick. A dumb one off the internet actually <laughs> I've learned that many times the hard way so I do take a lot of pictures and I go back and look and um and um I write down stuff I use my phone if I'm like on a walk and I get an idea I just do a voice memo just yep. real quick and then I have to put set a reminder on my phone to check my voice memos because yeah. I'll forget but yeah and I have a, a running document on my computer too of just titled ideas yeah. and I just will type a sentence or sometimes four paragraphs or whatever just kind of comes because otherwise I know I'll lose it no matter how like funny or poignant or whatever it, I will lose it if I don't get it down okay gosh that's Somewhere. that's see that's listen to that too you guys <laughs> listening like right it, these things don't stick around for no. very often you really do have to train yourself that's yeah. what that's what I've learned and I'm not I'm not a writer like you so <laughs> anyway okay <clears throat> this is I'm gonna read just this is your most recent column at, at the point that we're recording okay. this and I'm gonna read I didn't tell you I was gonna do this but I woke up this morning and I read your most recent column and I was laughing out loud at oh. my kitchen table way too early to be doing so and um, I'm just gonna read you the first little paragraph and and then I'm gonna ask you a question okay <laughs> about your style okay so it just starts my parents travel to California frequently to help take care of my 97-year-old grandmother, which means that they sometimes miss important things back here at home, like the one day in April when it didn't sleet, snow, or blow hurricane force wind. I, I don't know. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> and I don't... This is what I was just in my mind. I'm like, okay, so what is the literary device? Or is she just naturally funny? Or is there, are there little things that she remembers to do? So in my mind, I, this is what I'm calling it. Ready? <laughs> okay. And then I just want you to just say, nope, you're totally wrong. Okay. Like, just go with it. But I'm like, it's an unexpected, it's unexpected mixed with exaggerated truth. Okay. That sounds right. <laughs> because I'm like, when you, you know, I'm reading that first sentence, important things, <clears throat> and our brains are amazing. Immediately my brain is, yeah, I'm sure they, they probably miss things like birthdays and concerts and sporting events. And then you say, the one day in April, which everybody in Spokane who reads a spokesman review, right? Yeah. 
I mean, so what? How do you do that? Well, I do. I, I mean, exaggeration is your <laughs> is perfect because you know, yeah, I I kind of think of it as you know when when someone's in a play or something, they put on stage makeup so that the people in the very back row oh. can get just even a glimpse of like what does their face maybe even look like from back here. So in my column, I I do exaggerate a little bit so you know it will impact more than just if you did say something that was maybe a little more expected or you know some of the my family or myself that I write about it's almost like a caricature of us you know like okay. I'm way more dramatic in the column than I am in real life my husband is way more clueless in the column than he is in real life <laughs> you know just so you can kind of get the overall story the sense of the story you yeah. know well and I'm just so curious what about that helps other people relate to it does it does it like, I guess it's just a caricature, like you said, and so you yeah. see yourself in it more often. I think or, so. I people, people say they like, they always say it's just so real. So yeah. I think people see the way we act or respond to things and they're like, I see that in myself. I see that I overreact like that or whatever, you yeah. know, and so I think they appreciate this not glossed over view yeah. of things, you know. Okay. It's, it's really, really good. But you guys, I'm going to, I'm going to put a link in the show notes and I just think you should absolutely click on it and lead, lead, read a couple of Julia's columns. They're just, they're lighthearted and they just have this really, yeah. You, you. you, when you're done reading, you feel better than when you started reading. It's a humorous tone and I just love that. So, um, so, and again, I'm kind of, kind of go back to this only because I get questions, um, from scrapbookers when it's a story that isn't lighthearted or funny. Do you have any advice? It's a topic that's heavy. Yeah, yeah, and there have been a few, and I almost feel compelled when the, like, for example, there's a young man in our community who was killed in the car accident. Mm-hmm. You knew him as well, and um, I felt compelled. I had to write about that, and because I'm a writer, that's how I process things anyway, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, not even necessarily to be published, but just in a journal or whatever. So when there's something serious... I almost can't rest until I get mm. it out. Like, I just feel like something's, like, bugging me in the back of my head. And so I have to sit down and, and write it down, even if it doesn't make any sense. But I start mm. processing it that way. And, and, you know, like, when the war in Ukraine started, yes, I, I saw this picture of a little girl who'd been killed. And, and I could not get it out of my head. And that night as I was going to bed, I would, like, brush my teeth and a sentence would come in my mind. And I'd put it down and I'd go type it out. And then I was, you know, like, literally laying in my bed trying to go to sleep and another sentence and I had to get out of bed and write it down otherwise I just can't rest and so I think those serious I don't know those serious topics you need to just make sure that you're digging out everything you're feeling mm. until almost like a, getting a splinter out till you know it's out till you know it's gone yeah and then I think whatever it is is you know comes out authentic because it was whatever was brewing inside of you yeah yeah I don't know if that makes and sense so- you actually just did something that you do all the time in your column. You just did, I, don't, I guess it's a metaphor. Like, you're yeah. like, it's kind of like getting a splinter Oh, yeah. <laughs> and as soon as you said it's kind of like getting a splinter out, I immediately like, yes, you're right. You can't just leave a little tiny bit of splinter in your finger, yeah. right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, and this was not a question I told you I'd ask. But, okay, so just talk to me real quick about metaphors. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, assume, I, you know, it's hard for me to ask you, a practiced writer, you know, break it down and tell me what I need to do. <laughs> but are those, do those things just come to you? How do you think you start to think more metaphorically? Is that? I think, yeah, I think um, 
being an avid reader helps with that. Yeah. And kind of what I said before, being curious and, and a reader and just noticing things. And mm-hmm. and obviously this is my thing. Writing is my thing. So that's how my brain works, you right. know? Yeah. Like my husband who's very scientific, he would never, <laughs> he doesn't see the pictures in his head that I see. Yeah. But he understands things a different way. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I look around and, and I'm just able to compare things really yeah. easily to, and kind of draw else. those they're yeah. almost like emotional connections yeah, yeah yeah that's super super cool so okay i'm i have just a couple more questions what kinds of stories um tend to resonate most with your readers you talked about maybe not getting feedback from the editor yeah i'm assuming you hear from readers yeah yeah from time to not time. all the time yeah but yeah um i was thinking about you know stories where i talk about um something that they might perceive that i <laughs> need help with you know like <laughs> I get, you know, when I talk about something really naughty that my, my seven-year-old did, you know, I get some parenting advice. <laughs> or, you know, people like stories about our cows escaping. They just think it's hilarious, probably because they don't have to, you know, round them up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they like to give me tips. I mean, not even necessarily like mean-spirited tips or anything, but, you know, like, oh, you talked about your dog needs to lose weight. So this is what I do for my dogs. You know, they like oh, to be helpful, yeah. really helpful people, and I love it. You yeah. know, it's fun. And then some of those serious stories, those do yeah. get, because I think those get, you know, maybe passed around or shared on Facebook mm-hmm. or whatever to whatever community is affected by it. And mm-hmm. and so those will get some feedback usually. So Well, and just for me, like when I read the, the story about Ukraine, and it mm-hmm. was just right after the invasion and about the little girl and how it made you feel, I think I hadn't written it down. Um, but you gave me voice, right, mm-hmm. for some of the emotions that I was trying to process. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that those would be the... I can imagine you'd hear from people, mm-hmm. kind of almost like thank you. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite column? Like, I don't even know how long you've been writing these, <laughs> but you, tell me just in closing, like, what else do you want to share that I just maybe that I haven't asked you? And then, do you have a favorite column or just um, story that you've told? And you don't even have to know. You can be like, nope, them all. <laughs> well, no, I do. I think I have a favorite, and it's. I don't remember what the whole title they gave it in the newspaper, but I think of it as the mother's prayer column. It was a funny one. It's not a serious one, but it was about my family. Um, My husband actually volunteered us to sing at our Christmas program at church. Okay. So we were the final, you know, capstone (laughs) song. And, you know, none of us are great, but, you know, we can harmonize and carry a tune. So anyway, I... That was a column that seriously I felt like flooded in my head and just came to me. Um... I mean, I would say almost in, by inspiration, but it yeah. wasn't serious. So I don't know why it would be worth being inspired for. But but I just, um, you know, some of the, the things that I said in that column were honestly thoughts I had as we were preparing for this. Like, I think I, I say, like, please, Lord, help us not sound like a bunch of feral cats in a garbage can <laughs> as we say. And that's honestly what I thought as we were probably driving to church that day. Like, yeah. this could go so poorly. We're going to sound like feral cats in a garbage, you know? Yeah. So I just, I really think that one paints a picture of my family because I go through each member of the family and, you know, please, Lord, help the girls not, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so that's just as one of my favorites. I feel like it's really lighthearted, but also really captures my family (laughs) yeah okay that's super cool and and i will i will find it and link specifically to that one okay okay so final advice anything else you want to say to podcast listeners about 
just about writing or just recording personal stories, family stories. You know, you talked about the singing at Christmas and it really, mm-hmm. it's your favorite because you were able to highlight sort of personalities in your family, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say just, just get those stories down. Even if you don't feel like you writing is your thing, mm-hmm. make sure you document them at least somehow because, or take a picture or whatever, because like we talked about earlier, like they will be gone. Mm-hmm. No matter, even if you're like, oh, that was such a big deal. We'll never forget that. I feel like if I... I think back about my kids' childhood, childhoods, mm-hmm. and if I hadn't written down whatever story, I'm like, I don't remember anything about their childhood. Like, I don't remember raising you. You know, I honestly yeah. feel I don't remember. And so um, I'm grateful for those things I did write down, and I kind of mourn for the things that I didn't, that I know yeah. were, were great. So I would just say, even if it's so imperfect or so rushed or whatever, just write down a sentence. I love that. Something to remind you. Okay, and I did think of one question. Oh, my goodness. So in terms of editing, and I'm sure you get better over time, yeah, but you do just draft. You put it in your notes and your mm-hmm. phone or whatever on your computer. But then just real quick, um, you know, because I think that people think maybe I'm wrong. People think they're so, if they're a good writer, they would be able to just sit down and write. Mm. No, how much editing is involved? It takes me forever. <laughs> I'm really I'm slow. You know, I like I said, I I will write down just stuff, blah, get it all out, mm-hmm. and then I'll go eat my breakfast. I'll come back and read it over, hate it, start cutting out things. Mm-hmm. I'll get it to kind of where I like it and I'll go on a walk. Like I, I have to take breaks and give my brain time to kind of percolate mm-hmm. and then and then I'll just keep going. And it's usually over the course of, I don't know, I, I usually start Tuesday and then, you know, I have to turn in on Wednesday, but I'm, I'm thinking all week, what can I write about? Right. You know, but it does, it takes me a long time and, and just trying to find the right word. I use the thesaurus all the time, Yeah. you know, and... Um, just trying to come up with just the right, the right the word right or the right word. Phrase yeah. To capture. Sometimes I'll just stare at the ceiling and be like, what is the, I'm trying to capture this one word, you know, I know it's yeah. on the tip of my tongue and, and I'll just have to sit there and you know, pour through the thesaurus and find it. And wow. Yeah. So it, it takes me, it takes me a while. See, that's, that's encouraging in, in the sense that, right. You know, I mean, I just don't want people listening to think, well, I just can't do what she does. Yeah. But then no. it isn't. And it isn't. Even with practice, you're still yeah. you're still trying to get it just right and find that one word. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, you're awesome. I love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for coming you. on. I ask all of my guests at the end of my podcast, I, add a, I ask a question. So I want you to fill in the blank. You say, I, Julia, um, have exactly enough time for. Okay. I, Julia, mm-hmm. have exactly enough time for offering whatever gift I have to offer. Oh. Yeah. So I was just thinking, you know, so writing is my my thing. Mm-hmm. And finding funny is my thing, I guess. But there's lots of people I see and I'm like, oh, I wish whatever, pickleball, or I wish <laughs> uh, science, or, you know, like whatever, yeah. being good with finance. I wish that was my thing. Yeah. It's not my thing. So I offer my gift and I, I give time to that and I... Um, it's worth the time to offer that gift, I think. And then I glean from other people who are gifted in areas I'm not. And I'm grateful that they offer their time mm-hmm. for that, you know, so that we can all just even each other out and benefit from each other. Gosh, there's so much wisdom in that, right? <laughs> like we're just, yeah, be be a human family. Yeah. I love that so much. And you yeah. said, you know, my gift is writing and finding funny. And that's exactly how I would describe what what I've read that you've written. So, okay. Thank you. You're the best. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, a couple of things. 
talking to her was as much fun as reading her column. So be sure to visit the show notes at stacyjulian.com for this episode. I have linked to the column she talked about that was her favorite and to a handful of others that I have really, really enjoyed. I absolutely believe that as we read um, the the writing styles that we're drawn to, that we wish we could um, emulate, as we read that style of writing, we will be able to learn from it and and over time, you know, develop a personal adaptation of it. And that's what I'm trying to do is, is be a little bit more like Julia. I love how she succinctly stated, right, her gift, writing and finding funny. Now, my gift and my writing gift isn't the same as hers, but I love that that she's there as a source of inspiration for me. And imagine if we all could succinctly state our God-given gifts and then be better able to share them with others. I am just inspired. And and I want you to know also that I am doing a follow-up interview, or I did a follow-up interview with Julia, um, going a little bit deeper into how she mines her ideas and how she brings them together. And that second podcast is part of um, my membership, Live Your Story. So if you haven't yet learned about Live Your Story, I invite you to do so. I put a link in the show notes as well. But if you're not there, honestly, you're missing out. And I would love you to come be a part of that. All right, you guys. Thank you for listening. Whatever it is that you want to be able to do, don't forget, you can do it and you have exactly enough time.